0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonnas. So this is our big celebration episode, our 50th episode. Uh, yes, we, we we've been going for about seven or eight months now, and we've finally hit our 50th episode. And uh, yep, we thought we'd uh, turn it into a bit of a, a celebration episode, a bit of a, an Ask Jonnas QA and uh, A edition. So uh, there will be uh, spattered throughout the uh, the episode various. Uh, questions that have been asked by uh the listeners of rest of the genres, and uh, members of our facebook group and uh, myself and our guest host will be going through those and hopefully providing you with some some fun and interesting answers to your questions um we do have a guest host as i've just alluded to uh we got to dan now dan has uh, been on the podcast before um dan grantham so uh, welcome dan and uh, thanks for helping us out with the podcast again this week
1: no great thanks for the invite john it's great to be
0: uh, great to be on board and uh yeah, looking forward to the video edition as well this week. That's right. So, uh, we are recording a bit of a, a video chat uh, that will help uh, YouTube and kind of help the, the, the YouTube products and hopefully uh, push uh, the content out a little bit further on YouTube. Uh, but primarily, this is uh, and always will be the, the podcast, the Wrestling genres podcast. Uh, so, we can't wait to get stuck into this week's episode. Uh, but before we do, just the usual plugs of course, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do. Just go on to Twitter. Uh, twitter handle is withjohnners underscore pod of course we're on instagram as well we update that on a daily basis instagram.com forward slash wrestling with johnners and of course I, I mentioned it earlier um our ever popular facebook group just go onto facebook and search wrestling with johnners and uh ask be part of that uh that group i know uh dan the, the facebook group is, is quite entertaining always informative and uh, always fun um like I say you you quite enjoy being part of the facebook group on a daily basis don't you yeah, you get
1: some great stuff on there. Great to interact, and <laughs> in. there's always a few bits and pieces when you you might miss a little bit of something,
0: but you can always find out on there. And uh, yeah, good uh, good bunch. Definitely, definitely. Um, Of course, you can reach out to us on all popular podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and of course, YouTube. So we are pretty much on every podcast channel going. So, uh, yeah, um, obviously, you're listening to us now, but uh, if you do have a more desirable uh, podcast channel or platform that you'd like to reach out to us on or listen to this product, then you can do. And if you're listening, of course, on Apple iTunes, don't forget to Leave us a five-star rating and a review, and of course, uh, um, if you enjoy listening to Rest and don't forget to like, subscribe share and shout about this podcast. Um, This is the only podcast, in my opinion, um, for all of your weekly NXT, NXT UK and WWE and pretty much all-round wrestling needs, in my opinion. So please spread the word, tell your friends and tell your family and help to grow this podcast so that we can continue to produce quality content to you each and every week. Um, So first of all, back to Dan. Uh, Thanks again for being part of this week's uh, episode and, of course, the special 50th, uh, 50th episode, our celebration episode, Uh, Now, recently, you've been at uh, quite a a memorable event. You was away over the weekend at the Download Festival. So not only were you there for the the music uh, and uh, all the fun and entertainment, but uh, you also caught quite a bit of wrestling because, of course, NXT and NXT UK were there for all three days. So without giving too much away, tell us a little bit about your experience at Download, uh, whether it be the music or the wrestling, uh, but uh, tell us about uh, your, your fun and frolics over them three days. Yeah, great
1: weekend, Jonas It was uh, the weather wasn't great, very muddy and slippy and sliding. It was quite a battle to get the tent up and keep dry. But um, yeah, the wrestling was great. Um, I think I've kind of caught probably like five or six shows ahead now with NXT UK, so I'm gonna have to keep my uh, finger on the lips and <laughs> go beyond this week's episode. Um, but yeah, we saw some saw some great dark matches. Um, so uh, Matt Riddle was there, and Adam Cole, uh, Shayna Baszler, Damian Priest. So. A lot of these matches were just obviously not recorded, just dark matches with some of the NXT UK talent and getting to have a chance to wrestle the NXT guys. Um, and then bands-wise, I mean, I was really there for Tool, Tool, like my well, yeah, probably my favourite band. Uh, also caught kind of Slipknot at the gates, uh, The Wonder Years, Black Peaks, and uh, yeah, really mixed up a good little mixture of uh, wrestling and uh, heavy
0: metal sounds like you had a fantastic time and uh, great to see some of the uh, American talent coming over from the NXT roster of course mixing it with some of the NXT UK stars so uh, yeah I'm sure if you were there in person it was a real special three days and uh, of course we saw um, some of the the download footage on this week's episode of NXT UK which we will touch on fairly soon but first of all Dan uh, I've got uh, questions scattered throughout this episode so I want to touch on the first one Um, and the first question is from Matt Bayliss so Matt Bayliss is a frequent guest host on the wrestling with jonas podcast and he asks who in your opinion is going to be the next breakout star um either on nxt nxt uk or at least uh, someone not regularly featured so who who would you say in your opinion are some of the breakout stars to look out for that uh, don't get as much uh prominence um, or tv time as others um who you think are going to break out this year or very soon well i think already we've seen uh David Starr's making some great waves on the British
1: independence scene. Uh, he's doing some great stuff in OTT and progress and the whole kind of independent uh, movements really caught fire. Uh, so I'm looking forward to what they're launching. I think they've got an independence day in early July. So I'm, I, who knows what he could be planning for us <laughs> on that day. Uh, I've seen some great matches this year. He's been wrestling Devlin and Walter um, and yeah. the progress final, um, brilliant wrestler. Um, and the guys I'm really looking out for is like ELP, so El Fantasmo. Yeah. Um, he's a guy who's caught my imagination, seen him at Rev Pro, uh, Defiant. Um, what really just captures me is the way he walks the ropes and the high flying action. Yeah. Um, and closer to home, like breeds my local promotion in Sheffield. Uh, and there's a wrestler in there, Gene Money. Um, who's in the progress kind of their breakout uh, knockout tournament coming up in September? Okay, um, and he wrestles me like Tidal, Rip Tide as well. Uh, very entertaining. Doesn't take himself too seriously, uh, but he can kind of really turn on the ring when he has to. Um, and he'll really kind of like, yeah get you, bring you a smile, and bring the fun back into wrestling.
0: There we go. Um, Some of my picks for breakout stars. Now, uh, some of these names might be more familiar if you're used to the kind of American indie scene. But uh, the former um, ACH, um, Albert Hardy Jr., he's recently been repackaged and renamed as uh, Jordan Miles. I I think he's he's got it all. Uh, Charismatic, very athletic, very powerful. Uh, From what I've seen, uh, there's not much that this guy is not capable of. He's absolutely fantastic. I think the only thing that might go against uh, Jordan Miles is is possible he's height um he's under six foot i think he's about uh five nine five ten but wonderfully athletic um and i recently caught uh, the nxt combine show that's uh, on the nxt network at the moment and he was amazing with some of the feats of strength that he demonstrated um during the, the course of the two days that they filmed uh, all, all the different um uh, athletic events and uh, feats of strength uh, events um but uh, yes yeah, so ach or uh, jordan miles look out for him i've also got down here the, the shane strickland now uh, he's another famous name from the us indies he's also been repackaged as isaiah scott Um, So, uh, yeah, I think that those two are also going to be featured on the kind of NXT breakout tournament, which we'll talk more about later on. But, uh, yeah, Jordan Miles and uh, Isaiah Scott, I think, are two that uh, haven't made their way onto NXT TV. I think that's going to happen over the next few weeks as part of this breakout tournament. Um, But big fans of those two from the Indies. And I think that they are definitely two names to watch out for on NXT and WWE in the future. Um, what, what, what do you think of my picks there, Shane Strickland and, uh, and Jordan Miles? A uh, couple of big names more from the uh, American scene there, Dan. Yeah, interesting picks there, John, because I've just been kind of
1: flicking through the card this afternoon for the Breakthrough Tournament. Um, but again, lots of unfamiliar names on there initially. But when you uh, kind of realise who the guys are and get the name changes, yeah. then it suddenly becomes a lot more. The water becomes a lot clearer. There we uh, so go. yeah, interesting couple of picks there, and obviously um, uh, Shane Strickland um, won all three titles in kind of Major League Wrestling and CZW and Evolve, so great pedigree, looking forward to seeing him mixed up in that tournament of eight. Yeah. Um, then Jordan Miles, obviously we know as ACH, and some great matches I've seen in Ring of Honor, so really excited to see these guys and these other six new names
0: really kind of freshening NXT up. There we go. Uh, Another question, this time from uh, Jason Hall, another uh, Facebook uh, follower. Um, Right, he wants to know who was the better power of pain, Warlord or Barbarian? So I've got here definitely Warlord. Um, Certainly when he turned singles around about uh, uh, 1990 or 1991, Warlord looked badass. Um, his size, uh, his demeanor. He had like a Phantom of the Opera silver mask. Um, I wasn't sure. I don't think he wrestled in that, but he certainly looks pretty badass in his in his ring gear. When he came down to the ring, he was a legit uh, six foot four, six foot five, well over 300 pounds. Uh, we won't mention uh, the, the vast quantities of uh, multivitamins that he took uh to, to gain that sort of uh, figure but he certainly was an impressive looking beast i actually kind of would have liked to have seen him maybe capture the intercontinental title or be in contention for the world title but he was never considered a a, a championship wrestler i think he was more there as a, as a character wrestler but i think looks wise as I said, he looked badass. His he's gimmick when he was a singles wrestler through the early 1990s was was pretty good and a very memorable character in my early wrestling fandom. Uh, what would you say to answer Jason's question Warlord or Barbarian? Oh,
1: I'd agree with you, John. As I reckon the Warlord,
0: again, but just
1: for visuals, and um, I can remember having him he had quite a rivalry with the Bulldog, the yeah. Hitman British Bulldog, trying That's to like, right. power slam and suplex the hell out of each other. Um, and I did have
0: the Warlord action figure, which was a great one. A lot more fun than the Barbarian action figure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it, uh, Warlord had a reasonably memorable match with uh, David Boysmith, Smith, the British Bulldog, at WrestleMania 7, if I remember rightly. So, uh, yeah, that one certainly sticks out in the memory. Um, but another question. Uh, this one from Ashley Clements what is your favourite match you've seen live this year? So I'll go first with this one. Um, I, I, I went to Progress Chapter 86 in March in Birmingham, and I really enjoyed Trent Seven uh, versus Austin Theory. So at the time, I think Austin Theory was the uh, WWN World Champion um, And Trent Seven was the Progress Atlas Champion I think there was a a little bit of a tease At the beginning that uh, they were going to put Both bouts on the line for this match They ended up putting no bouts on the line In this match but nonetheless it was an excellent match Between these two fantastic wrestlers Now I've seen Austin Theory wrestle before um, And I've seen Trent Seven wrestle a few times Before as well but uh, never together This was the first time I've seen them wrestle together um, And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this match I thought it was the match of the night uh, For this uh, Progress show in Birmingham in March um, but uh, what have you got down for, for your pick for what's the favourite match you've seen live this year Dan
1: well interestingly John as I, I was at the same progress show ah. um, so I was there in Birmingham but obviously we, we were not aware of each other the <laughs> we could have had a great time could have sunk a couple of uh, couple of, mm. um, so yeah that was a great match um, for me um, I'm uh, big into breeds like my local promotion here in Sheffield uh, and we had a really wild main event um, it was at the Aberdale Picture House which is like an old theatre. Um, and it was the team of Aussie Open and Lucky Kid. Uh, and they took on, uh, known in breeders at ETM. So the Escaping the Midcard uh, stable, um, TK Cooper, Chuck Mambo, Spike Treve, oh,
0: okay. um,
1: And they, they absolutely went for it. There was falling out of the fire doors, there was fighting on the street, there was on the bar, they were in the seats. Uh, it was a really wild rollercoaster match. And it oh, yeah, really brought the picture house to, uh, to life.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Next question from Kieran Reid, another one of our uh, guest hosts here on the podcast. Is there anyone on the indie scene you think NXT UK should sign? Um, So, (sighs) a bit of of a a wild card pick this. I I, I doubt it would ever happen, but uh, one person on the indie scene that really excites me, um, and I've only seen him on demand, on TV, never seen him in the flesh, um, but uh, Paul Robinson, and uh, he, I don't think he'll ever be signed by the NXT, because he is just a, a raving psychopath, let's be honest, um, but I love his style, I love his look, I love his character, and uh, the amount of aggro that he gives the crowd, and he takes just as much as he gets. Um, but I love everything about Paul Robinson. I don't expect in a million years ever to see him in a WWE or NXT UK ring, but uh, we can but wish. If, if he portrays um, his, his kind of dirty dancing, kind of uh, Patrick Swayze gimmick from the last Progress show, uh, which was a bit more PG than what we're usually used to with Paul Robinson, then maybe, um, but uh, otherwise probably not. But uh, who have you got down for... Uh, yeah. um, uh, for, for Someone from the scene who we would like to see on NXT UK. Again, we're on similar
1: lines here, John. I had noticed, noted Paul Robinson as, as a slightly wild card pick, and uh, yep. especially after his the, the match with Jimmy Havoc at Progress, which was Jimmy's kind of sign off uh, while he goes off to AEW. Um, I mentioned ELP earlier in the cast, but um, I think I was going to pick one. I'll probably pick Chris Ridgeway. Um, yep. Real kind of hard hitting style. I think he's currently out in Japan. Um, I've seen him wrestle for Breed at a match against Dragging Off. Uh, which is a really kind of like in-your-face, hard-hitting style. Um, saw him wrestle uh, an absolute cracker in Milton Keynes, IPW, loser leaves town match against uh, Kip Sabian. Um, I think obviously the crowd were well into it, thinking Sabian's going to be on his way here to AEW, but it was Ridgeway who uh, ended up looking at the lights. Um, and I think with that kind of smash mouth, Chris Ridgeway style, he could be uh, one who gets picked up.
0: Excellent. Good pick. Good pick. Uh, final question for now uh, from Matt Bayless again. Uh, favorite move of all time? Now I've got uh, uh, Psycho Sid's Powerbomb. Now I just absolutely love it. Loved it when he used to draw the cross in mid air as to where he was aiming his opponent for and he would uh, power his opponent up and, and drop them down from nearly seven feet high. Um, I, I would love that. I loved everything about the setup to the execution. Um, and uh, yeah, Psycho Sid's Powerbomb for me. What about you, Dan? Um, I was always a big, big Bret Hart fan growing up. Um, And my sister
1: will probably testify to this. My younger sister probably spent a lot of time in a sharpshooter. And still every now and again, there'll be a few of the lads in the showers after a football match or a few too many in a scuzzy nightclub in Sheffield. Some will end up in a sharpshooter at some point
0: fantastic fantastic so uh, I've got more questions to come a bit later on uh, let's tackle NXT UK shall we so uh, as I mentioned earlier uh, this was actually filmed um, at the Download Festival so uh, Dan might be able to give us more insight into the happenings uh, but the show opens with a recap from last week's epic main event featuring the match between British Strong Style and Imperium uh, and the shock appearance from the mystery masked attacker who turned out to be former sanity member Alexander wolf uh, with the referee distracted on the outside wolf uh, brought an Enter the match with a Liger Bomb on Tyler Bate, allowing Bartow to cover for the win for his team. Uh, and with uh, that, we have a fourth member of Imperium with Alexander Wolf joining Bartow, Eichner, and of course the WWE UK champion Walter, uh, completing the lineup to possibly the most dominant force on NXT UK right now. So, what are your thoughts on what went down last week, first of all, then Dan? Uh, how has this changed the landscape to NXT UK? Yeah, I think it's given it a nice. It was, a, it was a great
1: surprise. Like, Wolf was... It, that was kept under wraps. Um, and that was a genuine kind of, like, jaw-drop, eye-pop moment scene him come out there. Yeah. Um, and I love... I love the visual of Imperium when we are standing against that wall with the lights and the lights changing the names. The, the, just the tracksuits with the detail, the names, where they come from, the, uh, the flag on there. Um, and they're all great on the mic. I think it's really great. We've not seen this for a while, but a good... A proper heel stable... Um, And and I'm going to enjoy kind of seeing what kind of combination of British strong style and friends going
0: to kind of come together to, to bring down this stable. Yeah, most definitely. Well, we go straight into our first match and it was a uh, Kenny Williams versus Cassius Ono uh, so uh, William used Williams used his pace to keep Ono on his toes in the early go into this match Ono drops Williams across the top rope before pulling uh, Kenny Williams throat first into the top rope uh, and then nailing the lucky and with a solid forearm and then a stiff chop Ono goes for a senton with Williams bringing up his knees to block the uh, offense from Cassius Ono. Uh, Kenny hits Ono with a pendulum drop kick, followed by a dive through the ropes. Uh, there's loud NXT chance at this point as William uh, Williams gets a two count from a flying back elbow. Ono catches Williams uh, in the ropes before striking um, the not so lucky one with his rolling elbow to get the three count. So that was a good opener to this week's show from these two. Uh, Williams was uh, quick with his offence, uh, uh, but but no match in, at the end of the day for the knockout artist, Cassius Ono. Um, I quite enjoyed this opener. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match, Dan? Yeah, it was a, it was a good opener. The crowd, the crowd were hot. The mm. crowd were well up for it.
1: It was the first match of the weekend. Uh, ono bought quite a lot of heat. Uh, the guys were getting stuck into him. Kenny Williams has a great high-flying style, good contrast to that European style of Ono. And I really like this. Uh, I, thought I like watched it back this week with the commentary and we're really playing on the angle of Ono trying to show the European and British wrestlers how to do European and British style. So I think it's a really, uh, really clever kind of bit of booking and, uh, and match play.
0: There we go. But then it, it wasn't all over after the match. Ono walks backwards up the ramp. We get the familiar music of Imperium with all four members making their way down to the ring being led by, of course, the WWE UK champion, Walter. Uh, all four members uh, are, are kind of... With matching black tracksuits, as you said there, Dan. So they did look uh, very good, uh, kind of a more complete unit with their matching tracksuits. They each take the mic with Bartel, starting by saying that uh, the mat is sacred to them and that they are here to reclaim the honour of their sport. Eichner then takes... Takes the mic and says that uh, uh, what we saw last week was uh, their numbers have increased and their unit is now complete. Alexander Wolf, the newest member, is next to say that uh, when he saw the opportunity to join Imperium, he had no doubt at all. He felt right to jo- it felt right to join Imperium because this unit treats professional wrestling with respect. Wolf then tells us that this brand is not a playground and that they will protect the legacy of this sport. Walter is the last to get on the mic and he calls out Travis Banks, uh, tells him that uh, things will be done uh, the way they want it to be done around here. Uh, Walter says that they have already chased Pete Dunn away and that Travis Banks is a fool if he feels he has a chance against him. Uh, Banks then comes out and tells Walter that he needs to bring everything he's got for their match, and uh, that match is set to take place next week for Walters uk championship so what was your thoughts on this kind of opening uh, exchange in terms of the, the the promo work from imperium in the ring and then the appearance from travis banks to end this segment yeah very strong uh, i think
1: as i've already mentioned like that look of imperium they've got the lights they've got the music um, and they're playing all that kind of respect the business respect mm. the man um, and it's it's quite in contrast to the kind of the more playful side of british strong style so I think we'll we really see him getting in the face of the, the mustache mountain and their kind of more light-hearted side of, of ring entrances in respect to the business. Yeah. Um, yeah, good to see Travis Banks, fresh, uh, fresh challenger. Um, and he came out, had his little piece and, um, and then I think we'll be kind of broke into a bit of a
0: video showing Banks's kind of journey to this point. So nicely set up for next week definitely yeah definitely a match to look forward to there then we see a confrontation between noem dar and uh, kenny williams uh with noem dar being his usual annoying self um it looks as though we're going to be getting these two facing each other pretty soon um we'll let the cat out of the bag here dan was that a match that was recorded to download
1: yes you will you will see that yeah that was a definite setup, and out. you'll see that in a future episode um bizarrely to see kind of kenny williams coming out of one door and going back in the same door yeah i'm not quite sure what that was all about.
0: Um, <laughs> there I we go i know
1: i'm dark, just quickly on the phone oh sorry yeah that was my mum
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, great, a great little touch. fantastic. Uh, going straight to our next match. It was uh, the hunt um, and uh, versus Gallus, Mark, Coffee, and Wolfgang. So uh, uh, there's uh, there's a massive kind of four way brawl to start this one off. With the match soon going to the outside with two huge dives from both Primate and Wild Boar. Back in the ring, Wild Boar comes crashing down on Mark Coffey with Senton before uh, Mark Coffey connects with a full Nelson Slam. Uh, Wolfgang slows the match down, keeping Wild Boar grounded on the canvas. Primate eventually gets the uh, the much-needed tag from his tag partner, Wild Boar, with the Primate taking the fight to both Gallus members. Uh, The match... Goes back to the outside where Wild Boar gets driven into the steel ring steps. Wolfgang connects with a power slam on Primate, allowing Mark Coffey to cover for the one two three. Uh, Joe Coffey joins his Gallus brethren back inside the ring to lay in an attack on both members of the Hunt. Uh, that was until we hear the music of Dave Mastiff, who comes out to the ring to chase off Gallus back to the locker room. So uh, a fun match there. Uh, nice to see uh, the Primate and Wild Boar, I uh, say, get uh, some TV time. I'm quite a big fan of the hunts um but uh, yeah, Gallas gets a, another victory they seem to be on a bit of a roll at the moment and uh, yeah a, a good win here yeah I think Gallas are just uh, gathering a
1: little bit of steam I think they might just be kind yeah. of lost in the mix between British Strong Style and Imperium at the top of the card but um obviously the um, I think the big build here is the, the setting up it looks like it's going to be Joe Coffey and Mastiff on that kind of road that's probably a match you fancy you probably see it take over yeah. uh that's kind of big rivalry of the a building there, um, and a little bit of fallout as well from the massive Wolfgang match we saw in the kind of qualifiers a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, even uh, even Bovat Gallus did win. Good to see the Hunt were presented relatively strongly for the Hunt. But um, yeah. that kind of wild side, I think we've got a great entrance, um, and I'd be excited to see how they kind of develop in that tag team kind of division now with um, other tag teams possibly being a bit more distracted
0: yeah I'm, I'm, it's quite a, a strong tag team division on NXT UK obviously you've got Mustache Mountain and uh, uh, Grizzled Young Veterans Imperium. The Hunts, um, the occasional tag team of, of uh, Williams and Emir Jordan. Um, and uh, But but I, I, I think that The Hunt might deserve a, a tag team title shot somewhere down the line. But uh, yeah, a, a nice little match here. Did enjoy that one. Uh, then we see uh, Radzi. He's backstage with Mustache Mountain. We've just spoke about them and uh, announces that Trent Seven and Tyler Bate will be getting the chance to win the NXT UK Tag Team Championships as they face the current champions, the Grizzled Young Veterans, for their tag titles in two weeks' time. So uh, that will be a rematch of their uh, TakeOver Blackpool match from January, which was uh, yeah, close to a five-star match as you're ever going to get for, uh, uh, for a tag team competition. Love that match, and I'm sure that their match um, in two weeks' time will be uh, will be just as good. So that's a match to put in your diary and look out for. Um, then we go to the the main event of this week's NXT UK, and it was a, uh, a battle rule, pitting uh, the majority, if not uh, all, of the women on the NXT UK roster. Uh, the, the, the lineup, of course, is uh, Zion Brookside, Ginny, Jazzy Gabbard, Nina Samuels, Piper Niven, Candy Floss, Kaylee Ray, Isla Dawn. Killer Kelly and uh, Rhea Ripley. So good to see Rhea Ripley back on our TV screens. We haven't seen her too much over recent months. And uh, of course the winner of this, Women's Battle Royal, will face uh, the current NXT women, NXT UK Women's Champion, Tony Storm, of course. Um, so just uh, a few key spots in this match. Daddy Gabbett removed the first two wrestlers from the ring with ease before Candy Floss eliminated Ginny. Uh, Piper Niven and Zaya Brooks teamed up to eliminate uh, Jazzy Gabbot to the loud approval of the uh, download fans. Uh, Gabbot stays close to hand uh, to uh, to kind of. I, I think I mentioned earlier that uh, Candy Floss eliminated Ginny. Do you have down who actually eliminated Ginny? Was it? Um, I think it was Candy Floss or Zyre Brookside. I Zio Brookside, yeah, Zyre right. took took care of Gabbot, and then
1: uh, Ginny came in for uh, trying to get a pound of flesh and that's right over the, uh, over the
0: shoulder gotcha. Um, Rhea Ripley of course uses uh, brute force to eliminate Killer Kelly. The final three in this battle royale came down down to Piper Niven, Rhea Ripley and Zia Brookside then from out of nowhere Zia Brookside eliminates both Niven and Ripley and just as everyone celebrates thinking that Zia was the winner, Kaylee Ray re-enters the ring after being knocked through the ropes to the outside um, earlier on in the match um, only to throw Zia Brookside over the top rope to win the battle royal. and uh, it will be Kaylee Ray that we're going on to face Tony Storm for the NXT UK Women's Championship. So, uh, a good battle royal, but you tend to see this quite a bit, where the eventual winner kind of either sneaks through the ropes or gets knocked through the the middle ropes, uh, not necessarily over the top rope, and kind of sits it out until there's just one more person with their back turned, and then tumbles them over the top rope. But uh, um, you were there in person. What did you think of this match? What did you think of the ending as well? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was. Um, I think we we all got mugged with
1: the Kaylee Ray going through the middle rope. I think depending on obviously where you were sat within or stood within the tent. Yeah. I mean, like me and the guys we were with, we just kind of looked round at each other like, wow, we just completely forgot about Kayleigh Ray. And it, it did get a big pop when she, she climbed back in. Um, I think it was probably quite a heavy Scottish contingent on one side of the arena who were more than happy to see that. Um, but I think the Battle royal served its purpose in terms of giving us a new number one contender. So again, on that road to takeover, I think we'll probably see Storm and Kayley Ray developing that rivalry. Um, but even better for me is the, the Piper Niven and Rhea Ripley rivalry. Yeah. I think we're seeing the two kind of the, the two big guns of the women's division go head to head there. Um, and then this continuing Jazzy Gabber versus the kind of collection of the smaller wrestlers. Uh, so we've got the Zaya Brookside and the Candy Flosses all trying to uh, chop down the big giant of the women's division.
0: Yeah, there we go. So uh, personally, I didn't have a problem with with the ending. Um, I, I think most of us are big fans of Kaylee Ray because we know that she's uh, an excellent wrestler, possibly you know the best uh, at the moment, with the exception of Tony Storm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it possibly sets up a match between Kaylee Ray and Tony Storm at NXT UK Takeover Cardiff. Um, so I think that's possibly the, the big um, NXT UK women's championship match that they're, that they're targeting, um, providing they can kind of last until the end of August. I think that's uh, almost a dead cert to be the, the women's championship match there. But uh, yeah, good episode of NXT UK. And I, I think one thing that really stands out, and you would know firsthand, but uh, the atmosphere, the noise, the amusing chants from a, the download audience uh, was uh, a, a bit different to what you'd usually see at a wrestling event or an NXT UK taping. Um, there, there was some quite amusing goings on uh, from the fans, um, certainly what we saw this past Wednesday, Dan, but uh, I'm sure you weren't involved in, in any of the Larry charts, were you? Oh, I was
1: very surprised. I didn't want to like bring any bad language on this podcast. Janice. Oh no, <laughs> it's going to be shown before the watershed. But yeah, some of the chanting, directors at Jazzy Gabbit in particular, was very entertaining. And um, anyone who's watching, NXT, he doesn't need us to do any lip reading or spell out what, some of the chanting what was going on. Um, but it was all whipped up like obviously the, the ring announcers and the guys. They know the fans in that tent are going to be uh, a lot of the guys have been on the session, for want of a better word and uh, well uh, well lubricated. And that certainly kind of shone through in the atmosphere
0: definitely looking forward to seeing uh, the next couple of weeks worth of uh, footage from the download festival uh, but let's move on to uh, a couple more questions shall we so we got a question here from finishing move limited um and they've asked uh, i'd love to hear your predictions for the impact of aew on the wwe um in the next 12 months um so With this one, I've got quite a a a lengthy response to uh, finishing Move Limited. Um, I I really hope that it does give the WWE more than anything a bit of a a kick up the backside, to be honest with you, and I hope that it kind of uh, motivates them to pick up the game um, and for them to hopefully start utilising their talent a little bit better or or kind of better than they have done over recent years. Um, I'd like to see the WWE produce uh, maybe a a slightly more edgier product uh, to cater for kind of a wider variety of fans, to be honest with you, not just its PG audience. Um, like I said, I'd like it like to get a little bit more edgier. And just kind of one idea is that why not have maybe the second and third hour of Raw, maybe just a third hour of Raw, be slightly different to the first hour or two and and have the, the second or the third Uh, hour of Raw, a bit more edgy, a bit more PG-13, very similar to back in the Attitude era where you had uh, Monday Night Raw and then the second hour was Raw is War. Um, So it would be kind of, although, you know, the Attitude era was kind of edgy throughout, at least it would kind of pick up a little bit to more of a a PG-13 sort of product in its second and second and third hour. And they could possibly do the same thing for, for Smackdown as well, to be honest with you. Um, But uh, I also hope that uh, that the Fox deal, which uh, kicks in in October uh, and and hopefully this prompts the WWE to produce a more sports based uh, product. maybe something uh, with a bit more kind of reality in their storylines and uh, to get rid of the the kind of the silliness that occurs um, every so often and for them to kind of treat their their audience with a little bit more uh, respect Um, but uh, the other AEW impact in my opinion would be that that many more names uh, many more WWE talent um, as we've seen very recently have been signed to long-term contracts to keep them away from AEW however that's still not a guarantee that they're going to be used anymore or any different to how they have been uh, used presently um it's kind of a difficult question to kind of answer all in one go but uh, overall i hope that the biggest impact is that AEW, um you know makes the wwe and all wrestling companies uh, stronger and better for having them around uh, what would you say to this one dan
1: yeah, I mean, I, in all honesty, we could we could probably do a whole podcast just on this question, Jonas. True. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I'd like to like the big impact just to give WWE a big kick up the Jaxi. Um I think you've got more options now for superstars as well, so I think that's a massive positive um, in terms of the guys have got different options where to go now, and I think we'll probably see a few flip-flopping between both of the uh, both of the brands as we go along, um, and yeah, bringing that kind of passive fan those guys who maybe were kind of Attitude Era fans. There'd be a lot of lapsed wrestling fans now who won't be aware of like the indie scene and just kind of cruise along with what's on TV. So this might bring a few of these guys back into it.
0: Mm, Definitely. Uh, Another question this time from uh, Ash Crawford. Uh, What's your favorite promotion or or show? Uh, Which ones did you uh, watch Sorry, which ones did, don't you watch that you would like to? So, uh, what's your favourite promotions or show? So I've got here that I, I loved watching the original ECW. Um, kind of I'm old enough to remember uh, when uh, we didn't have DVDs and we didn't have Blu-ray and we didn't have on-demand services, but we would get our footage uh, via a VHS and usually through a tape trader, uh, whether it be um, from from the states or by other means. There were you know some some quite good UK um, tape traders. Uh, around the 90s early 90s um and uh, I, I loved getting the, those vhs tapes come through the post with all the latest ecw tv um happenings and uh yeah absolutely loved ecw back in the day i followed it from its early years 92 93 all the way through uh, the 90s um and it was my, still my my favorite wrestling promotion of all time to be honest with you um in terms of i mean we spoke earlier about being edgy and being realistic and being hardcore and you know, ECW was all of that, and then some. Um, currently, um, I'd like to watch more MLW, to be honest with you. I, I I just don't have the time to kind of watch it. I know that it's out there. I know that it's accessible. Um, but with uh, work commitments, family commitments, um, yeah, just really, really hard to fit it all in with, with so much great wrestling action um, that you could potentially watch if you, you know, could sit in front of the telly for 24 hours a day. But, uh, yeah, certainly going back uh, to my uh, original point, ECW for back in the day and if I could um I'd love to watch a bit more MLW how about yourself Dan
1: yeah again I, I would pr- bring back ECW I've got a stack of VHS tapes in the living room which drive everyone bananas but <laughs> even over on the network they're going nowhere all the like the Sabus and the Tazs the mm. Dudley boys the Sandmans the Rhinos uh, even when you have the Jerichos and Benoit's all getting their kind of break in ECW um at the moment, um, probably um, I watch a lot of Breed, which is my, my local promotion. Uh, catch all the progress shows I can on demand. But uh, one I'd probably really like to go and watch and, uh, is OTT over in Ireland. Yes. They have great cards. Um, I've seen they've got WrestleRama coming up. Uh, it might be this weekend, the weekend after. And like, oh my word, the, the card for that is, it is obscene. Me and a few of my mates have a little look through it um, last week. And I was like, wow, some of it, some of the stuff what's coming on here is absolutely unmissable and uh desperately trying to kind of work myself around like can I find an excuse to go to Ireland <laughs> but uh, um I think the cards I'm just looking at the card now you've got like Walter versus David Starr on there uh, Haskins and Thatcher um and then you've got the Club Tropicana versus the Rapture it just goes on and on looks like a great card I'd love to really go into COTT in action
0: yeah, and no, I have to echo your, your sentiment, so I'd love to go and see OTT. Uh, that's certainly one that's going to be on my bucket list. Um, but, uh, yeah, some good choices there. Another question, um, another one from Matt Bayliss. Who would you most like to interview on your podcast, Realistic or Fantasy? Um, so uh, I'd love to interview some of the wrestlers and personalities from kind of my my, my favorite kind of time growing up um, as as a wrestling fan, kind of the the early to mid nineties. Although the wrestling product wasn't always great, the gimmicks more often than not were awful. Um, I loved that time. And to be honest with you, I liked, looking back on it now fondly, I did like a lot of the cheesy gimmicks. I did like the, you know, the the doink, the clowns and the man mounting rocks, and uh, you know all the wonderful outlandish colorful characters. you know, so I haven't got any specific uh, wrestling personalities from that area that I'd like to, to interview, uh, but uh, hopefully uh, I might get uh, a few on the podcast um, if I'm able to. Um, I think if I were to pick anybody from the current era, um, I'd, I'd probably say Matt Riddle, to be honest with you, um, or maybe MJF. I think that to either one of those two on the podcast could be pretty entertaining uh, podcasts, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, who, who would you like to see me interview or who would you like to see interviewed on the wrestling with podcast dan
1: um i'd probably
0: go for like one of the
1: kind of like the second generation stars so i've got like a couple in mind who are like guys who probably lived through their kind of fathers and family being in the wrestling business to kind of flexing over a couple of generations possibly so uh the ones what would lead to mine would be like the gold dust uh kind of his stories from his childhood with his um with dusty being on the road and Obviously, Gold has had a great career. He's kind of gone through all the different, the new generation into the Attitude Era to the Ruthless Aggression to, and then still being really relevant now. Yeah. Um, or another one would probably be like the uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, Mike Rotunda, um, obviously growing up being the son of IRS and going through that journey of Husky Harris and the awful NXT <laughs> to reinventing himself as Bray Wyatt. Um, and then seemingly these vignettes we've seen recently reinventing himself again. So, I think you'd have so much material to go through those two.
0: There we go. i bet better start sending out their messages, seeing if they want to come on board. Um, another question, this time from uh, Jason Hall. Create a faction from past and present. Two from the current era, two from the past. All promotions allowed. So, uh, um, Dan, uh, give us your picks on uh, the, this faction um, that uh, Jason wants us to build.
1: Yes, yeah, so I've, um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this today. It's been a lot of ink spilled and a lot of uh, candles burning, but... Uh, I think I dropped on uh, my two two from the past. i would bring the Macho Man together with DDP. So bury the hatchet from their WCW rivalry. Two really wild outlandish characters who could brawl all over an arena. And, uh, and marry them with two of my uh, favourite NXT wrestlers. So that would be uh, the Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle.
0: Right. Very good. Well, um, yeah, well, with my uh, faction, I've gone for... Well, my, my two from the past would be uh, Rick Rude and rick flair um and say like rick crew just had a great look a great gimmick fantastic promo on the mic um, and uh, yeah just loved the way that he kind of gave it to the fans and uh, he was uh, pretty good in the ring as well rick flair we all know 16 time world champion um as people as followers of the of the podcast will know he's my favorite of all time uh, so he has to be in the faction The two from the current era, Um, the first name might uh, be a little bit um, uh, out there, but I've gone for Bobby Roode or Robert Roode. Um, I I, I do like his look. I do like his his kind of entrance music, his character. I'd love for him to get a little bit more TV time um, and to be taken a little bit more seriously as a heel. But he has to be part of the faction as far as I'm concerned. And then a Velveteen dream again uh, similar to yourself just think he, he's got it all in terms of the, the presence the look the charisma the resting ability um so i think the four of these uh should be a, a pretty decent faction um out there in fantasy land but uh yeah a couple of good factions there dan excellent
1: um yeah i can imagine you'd have your faction there john as all they'd all be wearing gowns as well <laughs> yeah. that's great look all coming down together giving a big woo on the stage turning together oh that's yeah. right deep incarnation of a horseman
0: yeah, did, did you have a, a faction name for your for your foursome then?
1: I, I dropped on um Macho American Strong Style. <laughs> and mass would be the name. You could shift mass T-shirts and mass hats in in great production. There we and go. A, a lovely natural uh, rivalry of any other strong style names.
0: There we go. Uh, Final question for now, uh, another one from Matt Bayliss. If you were a wrestler, uh, what would be your gimmick? Um, So uh, I've got here that it would be a combination of Jake the Snake Roberts and maybe Stan the Lariat Hanson. I've always loved the cowboy gimmick. Um, but with the, the sinister demeanour of uh, Jake Snake to deliver those chilling promos before and after the match, I think that would be a good kind of uh, a good gimmick uh, to have with a cowboy gimmick with the, the kind of excellent chilling um, promo ability of a Jake Roberts. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, I've, I've gone for a bit. Of, I've bought in something from a slightly different field, but I think I would kind of like mesh my character mostly on a Magnum P.I. So uh, bringing Magnum P.I. from a TV series. <laughs> Sunglasses on, mustache for shades, and I'd like a bit like Del Rio, I'd come in a red car to the ring. <laughs> and have a little tea um uh, T C and um and um what's the chap the old chap's name off there, like running around for me. Um and I think that'd be quite a quite a fun gimmick, get the cigars on and uh, <laughs> anyone needs something to get into the bottom of to would come and have to have a, have a chat with Magnum.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Next time, we have a, next time we have you on the podcast, I want to see you in that kind of Hawaiian shirt and uh, a nice uh, moustache. Uh, there, there we go, there we go. Uh, let's have a look at this week's NXT, shall we, Dan? And uh, this week's NXT starts the way every NXT episode should start, uh, with the uh, return of the Undisputed Era to the full sale uh, crowd. And um, and of course, they're led to the, uh, to the ring by the new NXT champion, Adam Cole, of course. Um, He starts off by saying that um, uh, he he said that by the end of the year, all of the Undisputed Era will be dripping in gold. Um, And with him winning the NXT Championship recently, that was the start of the prophecy. Cole said that uh, they do and take whatever they want. And uh, for anyone that decides to get in their way, they will make sure that they regret it. Cole says that they're going to remake uh, the or remake or rename the NXT universe into the undisputed uh, image. Adam Cole provides. Uh, sorry, it proves my point from earlier correct as they then show um, kind of a, a new um, opening video package to uh, NXT um, with with footage of the Undisputed Era in every second of that video package, which was uh, pretty neat in itself. Uh, Colin sends out a message to NXT North American champion and the NXT tag team champions and say to shine up their gold real well because Bobby, Carl, and Roddy um, are after their gold, and by the end of 2019, nobody in that mockery will be able to touch them. Not even Regal, not even Triple H will be able to touch them. Then we see the Velveteen Dream uh, come out to interrupt proceedings. Dream says that the NXT Championship would look amazing around his waist alongside the North American Championship. Uh, Roddy then takes over the mic and tells the Velveteen Dream to dream on. We then joined by Matt Riddle on stage to tell Roddy uh, that he beat him at Takeover and then tells Adam Cole that he managed to beat him too. Cole tells Riddle that he's jealous uh, of the uh, undisputed era's uh, accomplishments and tells Riddle to go back online to write more online reviews for wrestlers from the Attitude Era. I thought that was a, a pretty good line there from Roddy. Then, as if we hadn't had enough star power already in the opening five minutes, we get Tyler Breeze who comes out to the ramp and says that he was just talking to Mr. Regal in the back and says that himself. Matt Riddle and the Velveteen Dream uh, will be going up against any three members of the Undisputed Era um, for tonight's main event. Now, usually, Dan, we get a 20-minute-long promo uh, to open up either Raw or SmackDown every single week, but here, um, here was a set of promos worth opening any show, um, setting up an exciting main event between Breeze, Dream, and uh, Riddle versus the Undisputed Era later on in the show. What were your thoughts of this opening promo setup? This opening promo package from these seven individuals. Yeah,
1: I loved it. I I particularly enjoyed the new uh, Undisputed Era's Mm. T-shirts. Very bright in their yellow. Uh, A nice contrast to Imperium's black uh, tracksuits. So uh, that's almost kind of getting my mind flying. Could we have an Imperium versus UE uh, both sides of the Atlantic NXT rivalry going on? Um, But yeah, teeing it it up nicely. I think already we're looking a long way out to the uh, next NXT takeover. Uh, And the UE certainly kind of laying their marker down. Of It's all about the gold, so... I think already we're teasing the kind of Roddy Strong taking on Velveteen Dream as a, as a rivalry to come on. Um, riddle would look to be the next kind of, quite cleverly, we kind of like built in that riddle, nicking that win over Adam Cole uh, before the last takeover. Um, and I particularly enjoyed the reference to Roddy, Bobby and Kyle. I thought that was a really nice touch from Adam Cole, getting that, uh, how much of a uh, camaraderie is in the uh, UE camp there. Um,
0: Absolutely.
1: And yeah, it must have been cameras flicking over because that's so much star power on the ramp. <laughs> yeah. Um must have been like screenshots and all sorts of playing going, wow, if you could put a fantasy three team together there, uh, Tyler Breeze, Velveteen and Riddle, then we uh, we had it all right in front of us.
0: There we go. Then we get confirmation that on next week's NXT, Shayna Baszler will indeed be defending her NXT Women's Championship, but this time inside a steel cage um, as she will be going up against Io Shirai. So that's kind of the, the main event match for next week's NXT. Um, it has to be said that this steel cage match is um, going to look pretty epic. It, it, it's got me excited for next week. Um, what are your thoughts on this kind of rematch between Io and Shayna this time inside a steel cage, Dan? Yeah, I think we've uh, we've been teed up nicely.
1: We've had the uh, takeover match and we've had the kind of Candice LeRae, um, and Shayna Baszler's kind of uh, hench women thrown in there. Uh, we've had kendo sticks, we've had steel chairs um, and as the case of any great rivalry, right back from the early days in the 70s and 80s, the only way to truly settle a score is to get in a cage. So yeah, there get go. in their girls and let's get this
0: sorted out can't wait. That's uh, all to wait for for next week. Uh, we then get the debut of the former Punishment Martinez who is now going by the name of Damien Priest so he goes up against Raul Mendoza in this match. Now we've been getting a, a fairly decent build up for Damien Priest over the last few weeks um, and he comes out of the gate here with a massive kick to the chest of Mendoza sending him crashing into the turnbuckles. Priest puts uh, his striking ability on full display with a series of stiff forearms. Mendoza did manage to get in uh, a minute or two's worth of offense including a very important Impressive rope walk, um, finishing off with a drop kick off the rope sending Priest to the outside. Priest is quick to react however, catching Mendoza uh, from his dive through the ropes before dropping Mendoza um, onto the hard ring apron on the outside. Priest then hits a uh, brilliant spin kick to the head of Mendoza before finishing him off with a rolling cutter for the pinfall victory. So they've been building up Damien Priest for a number of weeks here, Dan. As I mentioned earlier, um, I enjoyed watching this match. Um, it, it wasn't exactly a squash because uh, Mendoza did get um, some shots in, um, but uh, it, it did allow for Damien Priest to show us some of what he's capable of. Uh, what did you think of Damien Priest's debut here on NXT?
1: Yeah, a bit of, bit of a mixed bag for me, John, as Damien Priest. With the uh, He's got the entrance, which is like the flames and the dark, and you're thinking it's, it's a slightly kind of gothic, mysterious character. But then the video package is all like sipping cocktails and fast cars and fast mm. women. And the commentary team between them, they couldn't really kind of weigh up as, is this guy like out there, is covered in tattoos, should he be kind of like biting the heads off bats and like skulking around graveyards, or is he out all night clubbing? um so interesting to see where the where the character does go um i can tell you from from download he did a couple of dark matches and he just completely squashed a couple of like the nxt uk guys in dark matches so i think they've got some big intentions for him yeah uh, but w- which way the character goes i'd be yeah fascinated
0: to see Yeah, no, I think some big things in store for Damian Priest going forward. Uh, William Regal then announces an eight-man tournament comprised of some of the newer talent that have just been signed to NXT. It will be called NXT Breakout. Um, So it will comprise of uh, the following eight individuals. You've got uh, Jordan Miles, who's the former ACH. We mentioned Jordan Miles earlier on. Uh, Boa, who I think is part of the kind of Chinese contingent of NXT superstars. Uh, Cameron Grimes, who is the former Trevor Lee. Um, Isaiah Swerve, Scott, formerly Shane Strickland. We spoke about Shane Strickland or Isaiah Scott earlier on. Dexter Loomis, um, formerly Sam Shaw, who I think uh, wrestled um, in Impact for a period of time. Uh, Bronson Reed. Um, Angel Garza, who uh, is uh, more commonly known as uh, Humberto Garza and part of the very famous and legendary Garza wrestling family, and uh, Joaquin Wilde, formerly known as uh, DJZ, um, in Impact and uh, around on the Indies of course. So this Breakup Tournament starts next week on NXT UK, and It appears to be full of um, some of the top names from uh, around the Indies who have recently been signed by NXT, of course, and are going to be showcased in this very unique tournament. So, so Dan, I know you've been doing your homework. You've done a bit of research on some of these names. Uh, What what are some of your thoughts on some of these individuals? Yeah, very interesting, because obviously initially I looked at the list and
1: thought, wow, I don't recognise any of these names. But I dug a little bit deeper. I was like, actually, I've probably seen a number of these guys in action. Um obviously I think um Cameron Grimes, Trevor Lee, saw him at Super Super Strong Style. Uh trained by the Hardy Boys, former impact and PWG champion. Um I expecting big things from him. Um Boa, I think, has been around the scene quite a bit. Um I had to kinda of like do a little bit of kind of back reading, but he's done a lot of NXT house shows and the dark matches. Um he's tagged with heavy machinery against the UE. Um he's got wins against Kona Reeves and Bart- uh, Marcel Bartel, so I think he could go could mm. go deep in the tournament. Um, and DJZ uh, again, a progress favorite. Yeah. I think he's got a great gimmick with the kind of IB for party and the horn going off in the background. Um, but who knows what his new character could be? So exactly be a fascinating. Fascinating few weeks uh, seeing if we like these uh, characters and Bronson Reed. That guy looks like a unit. Uh, Ozilla. I think he's kind of almost kind of known as his as his nickname. Um,
0: and yeah, let's uh, let's see who comes out on top and see who you want to get behind. Mm, so the the opening brackets, um, we got uh, Dexter Lumis versus Bronson-Reed. So that should be quite an interesting uh, match there. Isaiah worth Scott versus Cameron Grimes. So I was quite su- surprised to see these two fairly big names from the Indies, of course, uh, formerly Chase Strickland and, and Trevor Lee kind of paired off with one another in the opening round brackets here. But uh, that should be a good match when we see that. Um, Angel Garza versus Joaquim... Uh, uh, Wild, another good match there, of course, and uh, Jordan Miles versus Boa. So it'll be interesting to see uh, who progresses from that first round uh, lineup. Um, like I say, and if you're not familiar with some of these names, like I say, there are many ways you can go out and, and check uh, some of the, the, the work on YouTube from some of these wrestlers um, or the various places that they've wrestled. Uh, but I was able to catch the NXT Combine last week, uh, which is available on the NXT uh, Network where many of these names were competing, of course. And not only was it uh, quite an impressive watch anyway, um, it did put on full display the amazing athletic ability and the strength that many of these newer names bring to the table. So uh, if you want to be more familiar with some of the names that we've mentioned as part of this breakout tournament, go and watch the NXT Combine on the WWE Network. Our uh, next match. Is Tainara Conte versus uh, Zaya Lee. So, uh, Zaya Lee outfought Tainara here in a fun five minute match um, following a brutal spin kick to the side of uh, Conte's head. And she pinned a one, two, three. I thought it was a, an impressive display here from Zaya Lee, who uh, we've not seen too much of uh, on NXT since she signed a couple of years to go. Um but uh, yeah, a short and sweet match, uh, possibly just a, a match to put over Zaya Lee and give her a little bit uh, more TV time. What was your thought of this match between Tainara Conte and Zaya uh, Lee?
1: Yeah, I think it was just as you said there, John. Just kind of short and sharp with Zaya uh, Lee. We saw him a Royal Rumble. Uh, we've not mm. seen a lot of her since on NXT, so they've kind of been keeping a bubbling warm, I guess. Um, I think from the last few weeks, we know Mia Yim's going to be next in line for the title shot, so. They expect to see Mia Yim taking on the winner of uh, Baszler and Io Shirai. Um, and then we just got that kind of other picture now, like that kind of what's the kind of second, third women's rivalry. So looks like we can expect to see Xia Li maybe taking on Bianca Belair next, Candice
0: LeRae. Um, so, yeah, see who comes up next. There we go. And we're on to our main event of NXT and, of course, uh, As uh, announced earlier on, it's the Velveteen Dream, Matt Riddle and Tyler Breeze versus three members of the Undisputed Era. And, of course, it was Adam Cole, uh, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong in this match with Kyle O'Reilly sitting out. Um, So Riddle got the first two count of the match after a pair of gut wrench slams on Roddy Strong. Uh, It's great to see uh, Fish and O'Reilly looking fit and well and fully recovered after the battery. they both take over 25. Um, I still feel for uh, O'Reilly's poor back after, match uh the breeze gets tagged in and uh, drops the nxt champion with a very precise drop kick uh before t- tagging out to matt riddle who goes to work on adam cole with a rip cord a knee strike uh, a running forearm in the corner and an exploded suplex followed by a proton uh, only for bobby fish to come in to break up the offense Adam Cole reverses a suplex into a backstabber on Matt Riddle. That was uh, pretty impressive. Uh, Roddy gets a two count from a back suplex, suplex. Fish gets a two count of his own on Riddle from a snap suplex. Um, and this match was uh, 100 miles an hour. Um, fantastic match from beginning to end. Even Tyler Breeze got a close to a fall on uh, Bobby Fish with a beautiful, uh, uh, I think he, he calls it the beauty shot, uh, leg lariat and uh, until Roddy strong pulls bobby fish out of the ring to save the match um, the match starts to break down at this point tyler breeze is uh, full of momentum but the velveteen dream makes a blind tag tagging himself into the match uh, cole puts himself um up onto the ring apron super kicking matt riddle off the ring apron and to the floor um then tyler breeze and dream do a double super kick to adam cole sending him off uh, flying uh, off into the the floor uh strongly comes back into the ring as the legal man so he must have got a tag um somewhere before this exchange knocking breeze into a dream sending dream out of the ring uh roddy then drops the velveteen uh, then drops Devlin Dream with a suplex backbreaker, covers and gets the pinfall for his team. Um, so he may have got the pinfall on Breeze there, my apologies. This show comes to an end with all four members of the Undisputed Era standing victorious on the stage as Riddle, Dream and Breeze look on rather dismayed and frustrated. Uh, this was a really fun match. As I said earlier, super fast-paced uh, with the team at the moment looking very strong by the end of the match. Um, I loved this match and thought it was uh, another really fun episode of NXT overall, uh, but I'd love to know your thoughts on this main event, 6 Man Dan.
1: Yeah, great. Re- really good fun. Uh, a bit of a dream match, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Kind of turning on NXT. I thought it was going to be like the, just for UE having a bit of a parade and Adam Cole on the shoulders. I didn't think we'd get into quite the kind of meaty action that, so far. Um, I think it, the, the main event served its purpose, which I think is teeing up the kind of Cole and Riddle rivalry. Um, and I think we're going to see Roddy, Velveteen, maybe Tyler Breeze might get in there, making a bit of a freeway triple threat picture for that, that North American title. Um, again, yeah, Kylo Riley having a well-earned rest after being thrown for everything in that ladder match. Um, and I'd expect to see the plot thicken there between uh, Bobby Fish, Kyle Riley, and the Street Profits as we go on. But yeah, a great main event, uh, a pretty good show. Um, but it was, again, as is NXT it's an hour, it's action packed it's wall to it's all killer,
0: no filler and uh, yeah, leaves you ready for next week and looking forward for more there we go so uh let's answer some more questions shall we so we've got one here from uh, ashley clements uh which championship belt has been your favorite over the years so i'll go first on this one um i think like most fans uh, I, i've always been a big fan of the old wwf winged eagle world title belt um that i think hulk hogan was the first to wear around about 87 88 um and i think um it, it kind of hung around for about 10 years uh, before it was replaced by a kind of a, a kind of the, the big uh eagled belt, which I think uh was, was Stone Cold one of Stone Cold's first bouts before you had the smoking goal uh, smoking skull uh, belt. But I did like the original WWF uh winged eagle belt nowadays, however. Um, I think it has to be the uh, uh the WW UK Championship belt. Um, absolutely love that one. I think if you compare that to any other WWE Championship bouts at the moment, that one is head and shoulders above the best in terms of uh looking kind of the you know a, a, a classy championship belt um but uh, yeah i liked uh, those two championship belts in particular what about yourself dan
1: yeah i mean um i i, I think just from the division it represented I, i'd go for the hardcore title i'll take you back in the attitude era when we had the crash hollies running around and we had the headbangers chasing crash holly for all sorts of playgrounds uh the wrestlemania 2000 i think it was the whatever it was 20 man 15 minute match at WrestleMania. I just I just love that twenty four seven concept and uh I've been really happy to see like R Truth and Jinder Mahal, Trey Maverick kinda bring a bit of that fun back to that last hour of Raw. Um and we've even got some like great little YouTube clips through the week now. Every now and again we'll get a YouTube notification. Something else has kicked off on a plane. <laughs> Someone's got rolled up in a taxi. Someone's on a golf course. Uh, so yeah, but for me the uh, the hardcore title more based on the uh on the roster it represented maybe than the uh Uh, aesthetics of the belt
0: yeah good choice uh next question from ashley uh once again one one dream match to happen in nxt nxt uk and progress so uh do you want to kick this one off dan
1: yeah i've i've just meshed these all together john as i've gone for a big match all together i take a bit of a bit of all three of those brands so i'll I'll throw at you a war games match and i'll give you the british strong style with dave mastiff joining them to make a foursome um, I'll put them against the uh, Undisputed Era from NXT. And then from Progress, I'm taking the uh, Do Not Resuscitate stable. Um, the guys who've been trying to take out the um, more um, established Progress stars. So uh, Do Not Resuscitate, Treve, Mambo, Pastor Believer and Drew Parker. I think that would be a hell of a um, War Games match.
0: Very good, very good. Uh, for myself, I've got a, a dream match for NXT. Um, well... <sighs> I say NXT, it's a little bit of a cheat actually I've got Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne for the NXT Championship I think that would be a pretty awesome match um, I don't think to, I don't think that those two have met in one-on-one competition uh, on NXT but of course a little bit of a cheat as I said because Pete Dunne usually wrestles on NXT UK for NXT UK, a bit of a dream match I'd love to see the Grizzled Young Veterans uh, defend their championships against Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner I think that would be a fantastic match if ever it were to happen uh, two heel teams um, so uh, we'll have to see what happens somewhere down the line there for progress um, this is actually a match that we're going to be getting um, fairly soon but uh, Walter versus David Starr and uh, I think up until Walter won the Super Strong Star 16 uh, a month or two back uh, I know that these two had met possibly in uh, OTT or maybe in WXW, uh, but never in a progress ring. So a bit of a dream match there. But uh, another match that I did come up with, and it's kind of very similar to your War Games match. And uh, I would go with um, a British Strong Style with, with a, a fourth member. We could go with Dave Mastiff, for example, um, versus the Undisputed Era, um, versus um, Imperium in a War in a war Games match. I think uh, that would be a good uh, four on four on four and uh yeah uh, maybe we should start a petition now and and, and make it happen but uh, that would be a, another fantastic dream match between um say three excellent units or factions you could say but um there we go let's move on to the next question another one from matt baylis uh best and worst pay-per-view of all time so uh Most people when asked this question would probably say WrestleMania 17 was probably the best or maybe Royal Rumble 92. Um, I'm gonna go with two different pay-per-views for my best of all time. the first one uh it might be a fairly obvious answer but i absolutely adored wrestlemania 30 um Mania. Uh, of course you had uh, antonio cesaro winning the first ever andre battle royal um you had the 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 kind of end of the undertaker's streak uh you had daniel bryan and uh beaten triple h in the opener and then the fairy tale ending at the at the end and uh i just loved everything about it i think it kind of was was payback to all those wrestling fans that were impatient for so many years wanting one of their heroes to um, end a big WrestleMania victorious. And I think it had everything for proper wrestling fans and for fans of Daniel Bryan. And it felt like uh, one-up for the the wrestling fans. They finally got uh, what they wanted for all of them years. Um, If I were to go with... uh, I can't really pinpoint one specific pay-per-view that uh, could be considered the worst... um, i think you know the worst pay-per-view ever has to be um any of the wcw pay-per-views featuring the dungeon of doom to be honest with you or the yeti or maybe hulk hogan pre-nwo um But Babyface Hogan in WCW was a complete turn-off as far as I was concerned. That Uncensored match in 1996 with the the Tower of Doom main event was possibly the worst main event match in history, so maybe Uncensored 96 could uh, could be the worst pay-per-view of all time. Um, It was not a great time for WCW around that time, certainly um, pre-NWO. But uh, what have you got down for your best and worst um, pay-per-views of all time? On the worst ones, I'm...
1: I'm looking at the same list, that Dungeon of Doom stuff. I was having a chat with my mates about that. Some of the wrestlers that got trawled out for that. They had the Yeti and then like poor old uh, giant haystack. <laughs> Deary me, that guy was not in any shape whatsoever. Um, how did I, he pass was, a
0: med- How did he even pass a medical to wrestle for that company is beyond me.
1: Absolutely bizarre. And poor old uh, earthquake bearers, the shark. And oh, it was an absolute horror show. Um, but I'll, I'll throw you out a real horror show, which uh, was, was King Mabel, and Mabel winning King of the Ring 95. That was a, a truly dreadful <laughs> King of the Ring. How on earth we thought it was a good idea to give Mabel the big push and drop the crown on him. Um, on the flip side, the good ones, uh, big fan of the Rumbles. Uh, so I'll pick out two Rumbles. I'll have Flair's winning 92, Flair winning the title, uh, pretty much going coast to coast across the Rumble. And then reaction afterwards with Mr. Perfect and Bobby the Brain running from a commentary box was a a great rumble um, and a stacked card. Probably not the greatest Royal Rumble match, but the stacked card of Rumble 2000. Um, I remember getting up to watch this as a a plucky uh, young man late in the night. Totally rumbled by my mum and dad. Uh, But nevertheless, I managed to blaze my way through and stay up for Triple H, Cactus Jack and the Hardys and the Dudleys. Uh, The APA just totally ripped the new age outlaws to pieces um and then we had the rumble
0: match itself with a rock big show
1: kind of drawn finish
0: there we go there we go um there was another pay-per-view that I had as a, a bit of an honorable mention for um a good pay-per-view and I, I don't know whether you've ever caught it but uh, it was an in your house from uh, july 1997 it was uh, in your house canadian stampede And uh, the thing about the in-your-house pay-per-views is they were short and sweet. I think that uh, by design, they're only meant to be uh, two hours long. Um, But you had matches like uh, the Great Suzaki versus um, Takamishinoku for the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. And that was outstanding. Um, It was was on a par with the cruiserweight action you were getting on WCW. But uh, possibly one of the best Light Heavyweight Championship matches uh, in WWF history at the time. You had The uh, Undertaker versus uh, Vader in a pretty good match for the uh, WWF World Heavyweight Championship. You had Triple H versus Mankind um, and that ended up in a bit of a brawl all around the arena and they were still brawling when uh, kind of the next match started. And then that infamous uh, main event uh, the Hart Foundation with Bret Hart, Brian Pillman, British Bulldog, Jim Neidhart and Owen Hart versus Ken Shamrock, Goldust, The Legion of Doom and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And with this taking place in Calgary, of course, um, renowned for being uh, a home territory of the Hart family, of course, the place was literally rocking so much so that during the main event, you could see the hard camera shake through the amount of noise and, uh, and action and movement going on from the from the fans there. I think it probably only had maybe... 15 to twenty thousand uh, people in, in but it sounded you know 10 times that uh, so if you haven't seen it go and watch uh, canadian stampede uh, one of the in your houses and that main event w- was tremendous but the whole show was fantastic and uh, yeah certainly an honorable mention as far as i'm concerned uh, let's have a look at the question from uh, ashley clements which promotions do you want to go and see this year so um well uh, I've always wanted to see uh, NXT UK. I haven't seen them in a a TV taping or uh, a pay-per-view of sorts. Um, And uh, I've recently got tickets to NXT UK Takeover Cardiff. So I'm pleased I'm going to be kind of doing a bit of a a double whammy there, seeing NXT UK um, in the flesh for the first time and attending a uh, NXT UK Takeover um, special as well. I have seen an NXT Takeover when I was lucky enough to go to New Orleans uh, last year. Uh, but I'm glad that I'm going to be going to Cardiff at the end of August to see Takeover um, in in Cardiff. Um, But I would like to see uh, a Rev Pro show. Now, I don't know whether Dan's ever seen a Rev Pro show, but I've not been lucky enough to see Rev Pro. Um, I know that they've always got the cream of the crop from, you know, the uh, Japanese uh, circuits, uh, a lot of popular um and uh, frequent new japan names uh, are coming over or do come over and attend a lot of rev pro shows as well as the cream of the crop from the uk indie scene so uh definitely rev pro i'd like to uh, definitely go and see them at some point in 2019 what about yourself dan
1: yeah i mean i i will uh, i'll put a big ring around the uh, the last weekend of august john as, um mm, it's, definitely it's, this is stacked because uh, i'm going to the rev pro summer sizzler on yep. friday night um, and as you said there, um, they do the, some of the cards. They've had the Bullet Club, they've had AJ Styles, uh, they'll get the big Japanese names. Uh, and with New Japan being in London on the Saturday night, I'm expecting Osprey Sabre Jr. all to be a, a Rev Pro. Um, I did go to, I've been to two Rev Pro shows earlier this year, um, and they've been stacked cards. You've had ELP, you've had David Starr, uh, Shea Samuels, you've had some really strong wrestlers in there. MJF was at one of the shows as well. Um, and then that weekend's just going to snowball from Rev Pro Friday, Saturday I'm going to New Japan at the Copper Box, and then no doubt we'll find somewhere late night to stay up and watch AEW, and then catch up, take the a <laughs> day the next day.
0: <laughs> it's going to be a busy weekend for you then.
1: But uh, yeah, I think I think the promotion I'd love to see probably like everyone I'd love to see one of the AEW shows this year. Uh, let's fingers crossed they come to the UK. Um, and as mentioned earlier, I think OTT over in Ireland um never been over and uh, but some of the, the cards and some of the uh, wrestlers there look brilliant. Really, really worth taking a trip over water i think mm. uh,
0: lee parkinson asks uh who shall pick to win the g1 climax now that the participants have been announced so it wouldn't surprise me with uh, kind of the tear that he's on if uh, Will Osprey doesn't have a, a good run in this year's G1. Um, but he, he's recently won the Better Super Junior uh, tournament. He's recently reclaimed um, the uh, Super uh, the uh, Junior Championship. Um, and uh, so I don't know whether he will kind of have another kind of tournament or championship victory or, or a win in the G1 so soon. Um, but I know that he, with the tear that he's been on, he's possibly going to be a good contender or someone to keep an eye on during the, t- during the G1. Otherwise, I'd love to see Kota Ibushi uh, win the G1 and have uh, Ibushi face Okada, a Wrestle Kingdom at the beginning of 2020. So he'd uh, be my pick. Um, uh, what about yourself Dan who are you going for with the G1 this year
1: yeah not, not a massive opinion from honest John That's not massive on my Japanese wrestling but um, I think yeah Ospreay is obviously one I do follow um, I think it'd be in for a great shout uh, on the other side of the draw I think interestingly you've got Mr. John Moxley over there so he just seems to be just turning up anywhere at the minute just gun for hire uh, Jeff Cobb's probably another ne- uh, name to keep an eye on on that side um, and then you've got the returning Kenta so um, I mean yeah he's Oh, so, so much to keep up with but need to get more into my japanese wrestling and uh, yeah let's see who comes on top and uh, look forward to wrestle kingdom
0: yeah it's like i said it's just never enough hours in the day to catch up with all the fantastic action that's out there but uh, we'll have a, another question this time from uh, from kieran um who is better devlin or finn so referring to jordan devlin or finn Balor. there so i honestly think that uh, devlin is one of the most improved and most diverse wrestlers in the world right now dan to be honest with you he's improved uh, in every area of of his game um, and has had uh, amazing matches in OTT Progress NXT UK over the last couple of years I do love them both. I do love Devlin and uh, Finn. anybody that's heard me on the podcast will know that I, I rave most weeks about Jordan Devlin. Um, but I have to, uh, you know, I, I, I do have to side a little bit with Devlin here. I think Devlin could soon surpass Baller in the next couple of years. Devlin um, isn't too far off from becoming the total package, in my opinion. Uh, what about yourself, Dan?
1: Yeah, um, I mean Devlin. I've seen him play both sides of the uh, of the baby her face and heel divide. Um, in Ireland, he plays that kind of the import killer char- uh, character, great. So, takes and all the biggest dogs come into Ireland, then he flips it and becomes the killer import when he comes over this side of the seas. Um, I think, obviously, the match they had together at Takeover Blackpool was, again, a match no one was expecting, thrown at us with a couple of seconds' notice. Um, I think I have to respect kind of Balor's background and Prince Devitt and all he's done in Japan. Um, and obviously, he's got the experience there now, but there's no reason why Devlin can't reach those levels. And, may, yeah, possibly surpass those levels going forward
0: mm. well we're going to take a break from questions we've only got a few more to go but we're going to have a quick look at the stomping grounds pay-per-view card that's taking place uh, this coming Sunday of course um, and it's uh Yes, uh, it seems like they're having a pay-per-view every week or every couple of weeks nowadays, to be honest with you. But we'll touch on some of the key matches and we'll kind of just uh, get a a bit of a a feel for who you think might win, who might come out on top in some of these matches. Let's have a look at um, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. So uh, this is uh, obviously a rematch from their WrestleMania 35 encounter where Roman Reigns... He kind of had a, a bit of a, an easy win over Drew McIntyre. Let's be honest; it should have been a you know a, a stronger match for, for Drew. But um, uh, and I know at Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia, um, Shane McMahon got the win thanks to uh, interference from Drew McIntyre um, over Roman Reigns in that match. But uh, they're back at it again on Sunday in Stomping Grounds. Um, who, who who are you going for here? Who you who do you think stands out as possibly going over as the victor? Drew McIntyre versus Roman.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, relatively interesting to figure out who's going to go over. I think, um, I, I mean, putting Shane McMahon over Roman Reigns was a, a bit of a joke in my opinion. Um, but McIntyre seems to be got to be careful. We don't bury him. Uh, I think he needs to get a big win under his belt. Maybe this could be his time to get the big win. He's took, he's looked at the lights at mania. He's kind of kicked around in this Shane McMahon, Elias with a revival, so maybe it's time for Drew to step out uh, of the shadows and uh, and score a big win over one of the top stars.
0: Mm, here's an interesting match um, that I'm looking forward to. Now, it's for the, uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. It's Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Heavy Machinery. Now, the reason why this match stands out to me is I love Daniel Bryan. I said, uh, you know, how much uh, of a fan I am of his and uh, how much I adore WrestleMania 30 and you know everything that uh, he achieved during that fantastic pay-per-view. He's been teaming up with Rowan now for quite a few months to the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. But I'm also quite intrigued by Otis and Tucker and especially Otis Dojovic. I think he's just a, you know, a barrel of fun. Um, and uh, I think he's popular with fans got an amazing personality um and i think this could be um a fun but also fresh match um you know on on sunday so uh, what's your thoughts on this one
1: yeah this could be a little hidden gem here i think that little kind of blue collar the working class heavy machinery and i i can probably see him coming to the ring kind of tucking in some chicken drumsticks or half a meatloaf they'll kind of really play on that kind of They are not saving the planet, those two. Their uh, footprint and their sustainability policy is not strong. It's quite a fun rivalry to be had there with Brian and Rowan. And um, yeah, we've not really seen Heavy Machinery have a real cracker of a big match yet on the main roster. Uh, We know what we can do from NXT. So this is a chance, I think, for them to uh, maybe quite slyly and quietly uh, steal the show.
0: Yeah, I, and I wouldn't be disappointed if uh, Otis and Tucker uh, take the, the championships on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, like I say, not not the obvious uh, match to be looking out for, but it's certainly one that I'll be watching uh, with interest on Sunday. Um, then we got the match for the Cruiserweight Championship. So it's a triple threat. Uh, current champion Tony Nese taking on Akira Tozawa and Drew Gulak. So uh, you you kind of got three different uh, wrestlers here with uh, three different styles of wrestlers with tony neese Akira uh, Tozawa, and drew gulak drew gulak of course being more of a um technical wrestler more of a, a ground-based offense uh, tony neese he can do a bit of time a bit of high flying um akira tozawa uh once again more the kind of japanese strong style with some uh, kicks in there and uh, uh but uh, yeah three very good wrestler. They should put on a, a good match. Um, I'm hoping they're not on the pre-show. That, that, that has been confirmed yet. I'm not sure. But uh, what's your thoughts on on these three? I mean, if, if I were to pick any, um, I'd go for Drew Gulak. I think he'd make a fun cruiserweight champion. But what is it, what about yourself, Dan?
1: Yeah, I, I really like Drew Gulak, uh, especially on um, on 205 Live, where he's like the anti the anti 205 wrestler, if you like. He's not about high flying. He's all about ground and pound on the mat um he's just coming in off that kind of rivalry on nxt with kushida mm. uh, so he's kind of come on the wrong end of kushida's rivalry with the the kind of the pin and then we had the submission match uh but yeah maybe this is his time to shine take that cruiserweight champion take the um 205 in a different direction and um i think we'll probably find only law can kind of look lurking there ready to take on the winner
0: there we go there we go uh samoa joe the united states championship taking on ricochet so ricochet won a a five-way on this past monday night this past week's monday night raw um and uh yeah, say Ricochet has been involved in some championship matches since coming up to the main roster. Of course, he's a former North American champion on NXT, uh, but uh, alongside Alex, Alistair Black, they did go up against. Uh, it did uh, they were in contention of the SmackDown tag team titles at WrestleMania, um, but uh, this is his first opportunity for singles gold on the main roster. Um, So a bit of a fresh opponent for Samoa Joe here. Good to see Ricochet getting a bit of limelight on a featured match uh, on Stomping Grounds. Uh, What's your thoughts on this one? Should be quite a strong match if they're given enough time, of course. Yeah, I
1: mean, this should be like, come on, this should be perfect. We know how good Samoa Joe is against the smaller wrestlers. He's brought out some some great matches with Rey Mysterio. We know Ricochet is obscenely talented. Uh, Samoa Joe, when he was like X Division in TNA, this is his bag all over. Um, so if Brian and uh, and the Rowan and Heavy Machinery match doesn't steal the show, the Cruiserweight match, this could be a clinch. This could be a really great match.
0: Mm, I'm looking forward to that one as well. Um, Dolph Ziggler, and uh, he's had a bit of a resurgence over the last few weeks and uh, I think he he, he uh, faced Kofi Kingston in Saudi Arabia a couple of weeks ago, um, and he was only on the triple added into the match because Kevin Owens wouldn't go over to Saudi Arabia. Um, so uh, all, all the better for Dolph Ziggler because I think he, he's put in uh, some good performances recently and some solid promos, and, uh, yeah, like I say, seems to have had a bit of a resurgence going up against uh, very popular WWE champion Kofi Kingston. I think Kofi Kingston is still riding that uh, crest of a wave since winning the championship at WrestleMania, in April of course so uh, yeah although a lot of people have kind of got a little bit tired of Dolph Ziggler over the years like I say he seems to be back on the up and uh, I for one am quite looking forward to this match I know that these two have wrestled each other dozens and dozens of times over the years um, but it kind of feels fresh in a funny sort of way especially with the WWE Championship being on the line Uh, what's your thoughts on this one Dan? Yeah again um, strong match one I'm
1: looking forward to Uh, a bit like the Baszler-Shirai match we mentioned earlier if you're going to sort it out, if you're going to finish it, finish it in a cage. Mm. Um, I think we did think Dol- uh, Dolph was maybe just bought back for Super Showdown, but they're, they're kind of sticking with him. Um, maybe this might be the kind of the last match before he sails off into the sunset and does his stand-up tour again. Uh, but he's been a great fill-in for uh, kind of that Zayn and Owens kind of ship. Um, so I think it's going to be another great little spot on the Kofi Kingston wave. Um, and I think the Kofi Kingston battle bus and the momentum will keep carrying him towards SummerSlam.
0: There we go. Right. uh, Becky Lynch defended her Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. So uh, I think it was only at the last pay-per-view that these two wrestled uh, the same night when Becky Lynch had to defend both her championships in the same night. Um, And I know that she faced Lacey Evans, followed by uh, Charlotte, of course. Now, um, I don't know. What's your thoughts on on Lacey Evans? And do you think that she's likely to uh, take the title away from Becky on Sunday?
1: Yeah, I mean, unlikely. I think Lacey, is, she's got a good character. Mm. Uh, I think she went from NXT to Raw very, very quickly. Uh, they obviously saw a particular spat for her with Becky Lynch. Uh, I can't see Becky dropping another title so soon when she's still kind of surfing that WrestleMania wave, even though she has dropped the SmackDown title. Um, so I'm I'm pretty much expecting a routine kind of Becky Lynch back on track, big win here.
0: Mm. and uh, what I'm sure will be the main event of the night Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin and there's going to be a special guest referee of Baron Corbin's choosing we saw some shenanigans on Monday with uh, Elias uh, you know, being announced as a referee and then being attacked by uh, Rollins uh, the same fate was in store for EC3 um, so uh, yeah fun and games there um, I'm sure we'll see a, a different face in the uh, black and white striped referees vest on uh, Sunday um, but i um, Barry Corbin. I don't know. I was never a big fan of his, but I do think his character is getting more over with myself. Especially, um, I, I think we could be, you know, we could see uh, a title change on Sunday, or uh, quite possibly. I know that the WWE management are very high on Baron Corbin, hence they keep pushing him. Uh, but what's your thoughts on on this match here? Yeah, I mean that has been that has been one of the highlights of Raw and SmackDown this week,
1: has. Anyone who gets even a mention of getting this referee shirt, Rollins has immediately turned up with a steel chair behind him. So that has been quite a fun... It's almost been like a bit our truth at times. Just anyone gets a referee shirt, Rollins pops up, gives him a, a whack. Um, I, ca- I can't see him dropping the title at this juncture. I think like Kingston, Rollins will go deep. Uh, I think he'll be kind of going towards SummerSlam as the champ. Um, I think there's probably more likely, in my prediction, would be Corbin will pick a special guest referee who might turn on Corbyn and then that'll be kind of Corbin segwayed out of his rivalry uh, and Corbyn will kind of pursue that as his next rivalry. And we'll see who steps up to uh, take on Rollins.
0: Mm, and of course we, we've still got the, uh, the threat of... Um... Brock Lesnar possibly cashing in his briefcase on 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 either uh, the, the Universal Champions, champion or uh, maybe Kofi Kingston or whoever is the WWE champion. So uh, there's uh, obviously the you know the intrigue as to whether Brock Lesnar might show up on Sunday night as well. But uh, yeah, and, well, and we... sorry, John, just uh, fl- just flicking through the card. i not no AJ Styles on the card.
1: Nope. So no. um, is that a wild shout for a for a guest referee? Could be Styles screw Rollins or. screw Corbin and I've seen there's been a few videos of um, kind of a bullet club uh, back of Gallows and Anderson surfacing Um, and there is a show coming up at the end of June I think in Tokyo WWE are doing a big Tokyo show
0: um,
1: and Styles is teaming with Gallows and Anderson that night to take on of overtaking on the kind of the usual monsters of the, uh, the Lashleys and the Corbin so there you go. There's my there's my little wild
0: prediction. Yeah, yeah. It should be quite quite interesting. I, mean, I know that AJ Styles has been struggling with a with a back injury over recent weeks. We've not seen so much of him on, on TV. So if we have seen him, it's been kind of behind the scenes uh, backstage stuff, as we saw on Monday nights. But uh, yeah, I, I think he's, he, as you mentioned, he's going to be uh, featured in a match um, towards the end of June when they do their tour of, of Tokyo. Uh, of japan sorry so it'll be interesting to see how soon he gets back in the ring or whether he could get involved uh, possibly on sunday um but um we'll go to a few more of the questions and uh, we've got one here from david anderson um and david asks uh, if you could pick um just one which would be your favorite wrestling with jonah's podcast episode and why So um, I I don't really have a favorite episode, if I'm honest with you. I I love all the episodes I do with hosts and with guest hosts uh, like like Dan and like David and Matt Bayliss and i've had uh, uh heather and chris i've had chris t and ash so i've had uh, kieran of course i mustn't forget kieran i'll be upset if i don't mention him but i have had quite a few guest hosts and um a few more to come uh just to kind of add a bit of a uh, variety so i do enjoy all of the podcasts with guest hosts i think it makes it more, more fun more enjoyable Someone for me to bounce uh, my kind of uh, conversation uh, with and um but if i were to pick one episode that i really enjoyed doing um, it would have to be the, the double or no, double or nothing review episode that I did with Chris T and Ash. Um, so uh, it was a massive amount of fun um, discussing a, a pay per view that, that felt like a massive breath of fresh air, to be honest with you, uh, with so many highlights and so much drama in nearly every single match and every segment of the entire show. Um, that episode was a lot of fun because it, it was so different. It was AEW, and it was it was kind of the first taste of the, the, the real true alternative to the WWE product. Um, but if I was to pick one, um, and this is okay, nothing against uh, any other episode that I've done or any other guest hosts, um, but uh, I enjoyed that one the most because of the, the content we were covering more than anything. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, um, have you got a, a favourite episode um, of, of the Wrestling Jonas podcast, Dan? Um, I did a bit, The build-ups to the takeovers, they're
1: all yeah. a great podcasts uh really kind of enjoy that and um and again yeah i like the uh, the preview to double or nothing as well mm. uh, that was good fun kind of getting into the teeth and kind of finding out more about again we're looking at a card with some relatively unknown wrestlers on there
0: mm.
1: uh, that's what i really love about the kind of podcast and the social groups the social pages is just finding out about these wild and wonderful wrestlers and matches and promotions going off all over the shop and then there's youtube videos the streaming services and i love kind of like yeah discovering new matches discovering new wrestlers
0: Definitely, definitely. So we've got a question here from, uh, uh, Dermot. Um, what qualities and skills do you think a perfect wrestler should have? Uh, so personally, I feel the perfect wrestler, uh, should be a great promo, somebody that's good on the sick. Um, so somebody like a Paul Heyman, or as I mentioned earlier, maybe a, a Jake Roberts. Um, I, I, I always kind of go back to Jake Roberts and, uh, I think he's one of the best promos in the business and, uh, Yeah, I think if you need any convincing, I think he's he's... WrestleMania 7 promo, or maybe it was his WrestleMania 6 promo, I think any WrestleMania promo from Jake Roberts, go back in and look he's um, usually very very kind of dark and menacing and uh, definitely sets the tone for his match ahead, um, you of course need great hair, now I'm not one to talk about great hair, but if you saw uh, uh, Tom McGee in that infamous lost match that he had from uh, 30 plus years ago with Bret Hart, you see that guy had tremendous hair, so you need great hair like Tom McGee in my opinion, uh, you need a great look a great body, maybe uh, like a Matt Riddle, for example, um, and a great mustache. I think it's important to have a fantastic mustache, uh, like a a Trent Seven or a Tyler Bate, or maybe like a a Magnum TA from the classic NWA, WCW years. who need to be an excellent technical wrestler, in my opinion, uh, maybe like a Bret Hart. Um, so they have kind of a combination of, of, of Jake Roberts, Tom McGee, Matt Riddle, Bret Hart, and uh, Magnum TA to make your perfect wrestler. Um, what would be the, the combination of your perfect wrestler, Dan? I'll, I'll just add a little bit onto
1: yours, John, because you've, you've covered so many bases there, some great, <laughs> great aspects. But I need you need to have a great chop, something like a Ric Flair or like Walter, something that looks like genuinely like it's going to break you in half. Um, and I think you have to have a, a finisher, which no one kind of escapes from. I think like a, a, for a long, long time, the Undertaker Tombstone, uh, the Shawn Michaels superkick was something no one kicked out of. Um, and I'd add on there, you need to have a great submission. Something which is going to kind of really get the crowd ooh and R in. And, and going back to the old days where you had like maybe the million dollar dream and the old like the arms tapping down. I think that's where that's the keys.
0: There we go. So between your your perfect makeup of wrestler and mine, I think we've got uh, a world beater there, Dan, definitely. Um, we've got one final question. Uh, so this is from uh, Alex Bourne. And uh, Alex asks, uh, who would be your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Um, so I've, I've left this one till last because uh, I think this is always kind of good um, kind of... Conversation around uh, around a pint in a pub. Who would be your kind of Mount Rushmore of wrestling? And uh, I'll go with my first uh, combination of kind of all my favourite wrestlers throughout the years. Um, but uh, I'd go with with Vader. Now Vader, uh, one of the original kind of athletic big men, um, and uh, of course he was renowned for his uh, his matches over in Japan and uh, what he did in WCW and winning the world championship there several times. But Uh, At at the point, um, he was kind of my my favourite wrestler purely because of what he could do as a big wrestler. Um, The Loose Cannon, Brian Pillman, would also be up there on the Mount Rushmore as well. Like I say, I liked him as Flying Brian. I loved him even more as the Loose Cannon. That gimmick, uh, the, the character... Just seemed so real, and uh, yeah, was was it a shoot? Was it a work? Um, I think, to be honest with you, he worked everybody in the business: um, Eric Bischoff, Paul Heyman, Vince McMahon. Nobody knew uh, what was the real Brian Pillman; only he knew, um, and that was what's so good about that gimmick and about that uh, that personality. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course, um, you know he was the wrestler that kind of set the wrestling world alight. Um, he was the one, in my opinion, that, that really brought the Attitude Era um, to his full potential. And uh, yeah, Stone Cold's gotta be up there. And finally, this might be a bit of a, a surprise, but uh, Pete Dunne. Um, Pete Dunne for everything that he's accomplished at such a young age, his uh, kind of transformation into this Bruiserweight character, uh, what he's done for British wrestling over the last two or three years, and uh, you know, what he's done, um, what he's accomplished within WWE as part of the NXT UK or even the NXT uh, brand itself um i think he should be very very proud of what he's achieved um and i think he's only 24 25. um i know that when i i've seen him a few times wrestle in person every time he's the, the pop that he gets when he comes out has blown the roof off the place um the last time i saw him was in birmingham that uh, surprise dark match uh pete Dunne versus bino um the match that jim told us not to talk about sorry jim um but uh when he came out honestly the place just went ballistic, and uh, I'll, I'll always remember that reaction. But uh, not just that, but because of the, you know what he's accomplished um, and what he's done for British wrestling, I think he's got to be up there um, on my Mount Rushmore of wrestling. What about yourself, then?
1: Yeah, I mean that's really interesting. That, like, the reception Pete Dunn gets is absolutely
0: monstrous.
1: Uh, we watched a uh, Future Shock event after the uh, Full Wrestling kind of convention in Liverpool. And he came out as a mystery entrant in the Royal Rumble, and the place was absolutely unglued. Yeah, roof really blazed off. Um, for my Mount Rushmore, I've probably gone, um, yeah, just down the classics. Um, I've got it down to five, any four from five. Um, I think you've got to have Hogan from the kind of building the 80s and being the face of wrestling for so long. Uh, Flair, brilliant, brilliant wrestler Flair. One of a 16-time world champion, both WF and WCW. Um, Austin, again like yourself, brought wrestling into the mainstream. I think The Rock kind of continued that and took wrestling to Hollywood, kept the momentum. And uh, honorable mention for me would be uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, and again, probably the first great match, WrestleMania three against Steamboat, and keeping that character rolling, uh, reinventing himself again in WCW. Um, yeah, take your pick from those five.
0: Brilliant. Yeah uh a very good mount rushmore wrestling there but uh, dan uh i think that that draws it into this episode of wrestling with john so uh, i want to thank you so much for your help and your contribution and coming on the podcast today i hope you've enjoyed it
1: yeah absolutely it's been great It'll be really good fun to have a, a run through um yeah both nxts and especially having been there live hopefully i've given you a little bit of a
0: extra insight definitely so we can't wait to have you on again but uh, thank you to dan and i uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode the special kind of 50th uh, edition of wrestling with jonas um so uh, if you did enjoy the episode please don't forget to hit like hit subscribe and share and shout about this podcast Tell your friends and tell your family like i always tell you and keep wrestling to listen to the wrestling with jonas podcast of course for all of your weekly nxt nxt uk and wwe uh wrestling updates Without you sharing and subscribing, this podcast cannot continue to grow. So hit like and subscribe now. Uh, we'll be back again on Tuesday for our special rundown of the WWE Stomping Grounds pay-per-view. So that's going to be out uh, sometime Tuesday evening. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you once again to Dan. Uh, thank you for all the listeners. Uh, thank you for uh, supporting a podcast over 50 very uh, special episodes. And hopefully we'll have uh, many more to come. In the meantime, thank you very much. Take care and speak to you all soon.